All of the major news stories made simple and easy for your listening pleasure. We'll break it down for you in keywords for the segment. We're joined by Adam in the studio. Good morning. Good morning, Lena. Happy Lunar New Year holiday. <laughs> the last day of it anyway. <laughs> we need to shorten that phrase. I was going to say, is there, is there like a more catchy way to do Lunar that? New Happy Year. New Year all over Happy again. Happy LNN. No. L-N-Y, no. no, no. Did sorry. I not tell you I have a thing about all of the acronyms out there? Right, okay, yeah. It's so confusing. It is, it is. <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> but it's a, it's a long thing to say. Though. Anyway, though, happy, happy holidays. Happy holidays. That's Did you a good one. get to do anything special yesterday, especially? Uh, not really. No? Well, both my parents are in England. Never so mind. Yeah. Did <laughs> you at least get to talk to them on the phone? Uh, yeah, yeah. My, uh, I called my elder relatives as well. They That's told me nice. not to come because they're scared of the virus. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they actually vocalized? Yeah, they said. <laughs> All right. Yeah, they said they're concerned about the Omicron variant and yeah. there's a lot of cases, so yeah. don't come this year, a phone call will do. So oh. all the greetings were done virtually and over the phone. And I suppose someone has been listening to Adam's coverage, all of the news coverage and your yeah. COVID-19 coverage. Yeah. So perhaps they were well informed. Maybe I scared them a bit too much. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm glad you're being responsible, as was I. I was home. I ate a lot of food. But it was a lot of alone time. And that was good. Well rested is what we need. Why I feel tired this morning? Now, that's an entirely (laughs) different topic. I cannot wrap my head around. Maybe Mm. food coma. I'm going with that. Possibly. All right, let's jump into keyword news. When we start our keyword news with a sports headline, that's how you can gauge how important this headline is. (laughs) This is our first pick of the day. Heading to World Cup. I think this is the first time we started out with a sports headline on Keyword News. Well, sports news at all, we don't really do as well. <laughs> the Olympics, kind of, right? Kind of, but it's, yeah. it's usually the trouble around the Olympic Games during the pandemic, not the games itself. But anyway, mm. we're starting with sports today. That's mm-hmm. new. It is. South Korea's national football team has qualified for a 10th successive World Cup. It's an important deal. And mm. the match I hear, it was really late at night for us, mm. was a relatively easy, smooth win. Kind of, but the score... <laughs> <laughs> should have been a bit wider. Uh, the you think so? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, you know, I mean, it would have been better if it was more than 2-0, which was the score in the end. But the captain wasn't there. The captain wasn't there, yes. Uh, Son Heung-min is injured, uh, but they seem to do, uh, Team Korea seemed to do fine without him. Uh, the Palo Bento side dominated the game against Syria. Uh, the match happened in Dubai, uh, and they came a bit late. They came in the second half from Kim Jin-soo and Kwon Chang-hoon. Uh, uh, Kim opened the uh, scoring in the 54th minute uh, and Kwan uh, shot from outside the penalty area to double that score in the 74th uh, minute. Mm. Uh, And the victory moves Korea 11 points clear of third place United Arab Emirates with two games remaining. So very comfortably moving on to the World Cup. Uh, Korea will go to Qatar, uh, where the World Cup is taking place, alongside Iran, which actually became the first team out of Group A to clinch a spot. Now, the top two teams from both groups automatically qualify. Mm. The third place is where the battle happens. They advance (laughs) to playoffs and they're going to obviously desperately try to cling uh, a, a spot in the World Cup. Uh, now, you're probably wondering why the match play, uh, took place in Dubai. Right. Well, that uh, could be obvious, but Syria yeah. is in the middle of a war. So, of course, they held it in Dubai in a neutral uh, location. Uh, and as you said, Korea will make their 10th consecutive appearance at the World Cup in November. It's also going to be their 11th overall, um, which is quite impressive if you think about it. Uh, they've played every tournament since 1986 when it, when mm. it happened in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Um 
Korean people tend to think that it's kind of uh, a given that South Korea <laughs> plays in the World Cup, but it is actually quite tough. I mean, the qualifiers <laughs> are a tough stage yeah. to proceed through. It's funny that, yeah, it, it is kind of a natural assumption. Yeah. It, I always go back to 2002 thinking yeah. that, oh, there's a prowess and that will stick long term. <laughs> but each year it doesn't mean you get, a, you get a new roster and you yeah. set of players. And yeah, it is. It's kind of a no brainer. It's yeah difficult to compete at the highest level it is hard but anyway yeah but korea itself does well when it does uh, go to the world cup i mean it knocked out italy that famous 2002 (laughs) world cup when it happened here uh, to reach the semi-finals a first for the country also uh, in the last world cup in russia actually korea beat germany 2-0 the world champions at the time uh, I know myself as being an, uh, an England fan, uh, fan as well that I was very happy with that result. <laughs> Both being a Korean fan and an England fan. Of course, Germany is a very big rival of uh, England. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, despite that victory, Korea did fail to reach the knockout rounds. They have been kind of not doing so well since that 2002 mm. uh, impressive run. But hopefully we can see something different this year. All right. Hopes remain really high. Yeah. On to our second keyword of the day. Biden mulls Korea visit. So U.S. President Joe Biden is reportedly considering a visit to South Korea in late May. Notice the timing. It's mm. after a new South Korean president would have taken office. What's the latest? Yeah, so Yonhap News reported that Biden was considering a swing through Asia, so not just Korea. Now, if realized, this would be Biden's first trip to South Korea as U.S. president. In fact, the last time uh, was when he was vice president. Fun mm. fact, I actually attended one of his speeches where, at university when ah. he came last time. Uh, did th- one of the speeches take place at your school? It did, okay. it did. Uh, yeah, and... Um, mm. Hmm, I can't and, remember and, what it was about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, do you remember the contents or were you just kind of blown away with the magnitude of it? I think I fell asleep for about half. <laughs> I was sitting in the back row, I couldn't hear very well. Rain it yeah. in, rain it in. Moving back to but, the supposed yeah. planned visit. As Joe Biden is president, this is an important Yeah, move. but getting back to the point, yeah. yeah um, and of course, it won't be with Moon Jae and it will be with the new South Korean president president who is scheduled to take office on May 10th. Uh, that's following the March uh, election. Mm. Biden is also said to be pushing for a trip to Japan for a quad summit with his mm. Japanese, Australian and Indian counterparts in the latter half of May. Uh, if the US leader does come to Seoul, eyes will, of course, be on how he will coordinate North Korean policies mm. with the new uh, South Korean leader. Also, keeping China in check will also very highly be likely on the agenda. Mm. Again, Korea probably will be stuck in the middle uh, of the two sides mm. and trying to have this balancing act, diplomatically speaking anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, Biden may again persuade uh, the new uh, president to side with the US as mm-hmm. well uh, when it comes to dealing with Beijing. So, mm-hmm. of course, um, we'll have to see what happens and if he actually visits at all. Oh, That's actually a really good point because I was going to say the priority is US wanting its allies to put up a united front, especially dealing with China. It seems yeah. like depending who becomes president in South Korea, mm-hmm. the end goal might be similar, mm-hmm. but the way we get there seems to be entirely different. Exactly, yeah. All right, on to our third keyword of the day. Apartment sales jump. So turning to our econ section this morning, sales of small size apartments particularly seems to be gaining popularity. I guess that makes sense. Mm. Uh, more one-person households, mm-hmm. um, homes, uh, bigger homes are more expensive. Um, yeah. Tell us the details. Yeah, so according to Real Estate R114, which kind of collects all the prices uh, on average, now 60 square meter apartments took up about 
half of apartment sales in Seoul last year. There were just over 42,000 transactions last year. 47% uh, of them were of that size. Mm. That's an increase of uh, 4.6 percentage points on year. It's also the highest proportion in five years as well. Uh, On the other hand, mid to large size apartment sales dropped to the lowest level in five years. Now, medium size apartments are usually 60 to 85 square meters. They took up 37.8% of total transactions last year. Uh, Medium-sized housing took a bigger chunk of uh, sales compared to the smaller-sized apartments in 2017. Mm. That was when Moon Jae-in took office. But that trend has now been kind of reversed from last year, mostly due to the Moon government's push for smaller apartment sales Mm. and his relevant policies matched to it, uh, including tightening of mortgages for large uh, houses especially. Mm. Um, So this kind of makes your average Joe and Jane uh, a bit more difficult to get larger houses mm-hmm, so that mm-hmm. smaller segment is the one that's more realistic for them mm-hmm. uh, on the other side of the spectrum sales of apartments larger than 85 square meters have been going down over the past five years as mm-hmm. well uh, they took up 15.2 percent of total sales in 2021 that's a five percentage point drop from 2017 mm-hmm. But still, the overall prices of real estate as a whole are going up. So house prices, houses are, get, are still expensive. Uh, you know, they say in certain regions, the greater Seoul area, mm. it's taking a little bit of a dip. Yeah. But if you look at the overall numbers, it doesn't seem to be a significant enough downturn for us mm. to say, yes, the housing market mm. is has cooled down. Yeah, I think Umpyeong is one of the regions or yeah. districts that saw a bit of a dip. But still, that's uh, it could be temporary. We'll yeah. have to see. All right. On to our fourth keyword of the day. Service sector growth. Uh, more economic news. It appears the Korea service sector is starting to pick up. Mm, but, mm. you know, it's really care- we have to be careful how we look at these numbers, right? Yeah. Uh, the pace of the rise is not as much, perhaps, mm. that people had hoped, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, government data shows that the service sector grew 3% since the start of the pandemic. And as you said, the pace of growth is not even half of that of the manufacturing sector, which grew 7.2%. Now, industrial activity was up 4.6% as of December last year uh, compared to December 2019 um, before the pandemic it did post uh, minus growth in 2020 but it has actually made up for that loss uh, last year. Uh, Industrial output is usually a good measure on how the economy is actually really doing Uh, although the recovery of the service sector is meaningful somewhat it still points to a strong polarisation with the manufacturing sector now service industry production in December 2020 21 was actually down 0.4% compared to the month before. This is mainly, of course, due to stricter antivirus restrictions uh, amid the Omicron spread. On the other hand, the mining and manufacturing productions rose 4.3% during the same period. And it's been rising over 4% for two months in a row, actually. That's the first time to... Uh, do so since uh, more than 12 and a half years. So it certainly sees uh, a lot of uh, differences between the service and manufacturing sector. All right, and on to our fifth keyword of the day. Inflation woes. Inflation concerns are still high with the cost of dining out rising, it mm. seems significantly. So run us through these numbers. Yeah, so cooking at home, dining out, they're all getting very expensive <laughs> What lately. are my options? Exactly. What are, what are we supposed to yeah. eat? Uh, data from uh, the Korea Consumer Agency shows that seven out of eight restaurant popular restaurant menus rose on year mm. uh, as of December 2021. Uh, the biggest rise was seen in Nengmyeon, mm. surging from an average 
average of 9,001 in January last year to December uh, to uh, 9,731 in December. Uh, uh, that's an 8.1 percent mm. increase. Of mm. course, in January and December, the cold months, you don't tend to eat. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, things are different these days. Yeah. So whether yeah. a price uh, rise yeah. will be meaningful for that season uh, remains to be seen. But black bean noodles is quite popular. It rose from three uh, five thousand. Three, uh, 5,346 one mm-hmm. to 5,692 during the same period. That's a 6.4% rise. Mm. Kimchi stew or kimchi jjigae as it's known uh, followed with a 4.5% mm. leaping into the 7,001 territory. Mm. Pibimbap uh, and kaguksu otherwise known as noodle soup grew 4.3% and 4% respectively. Mm. Pibimbap now costs more than 8,001 while noodle soup is in the 9,001 range. Wow, they are certainly getting a lot expensive. You know, because what I'm finding a common ground and maybe this was done on purpose, a Mm. lot of the menus that you just mentioned tend to be the more affordable lunch menus or, you know, it's supposed to be an affordable snack, but it seems kind of increasingly unaffordable. Not so much anymore. (laughs) I mean, pibimbap costing 8,000 won. Kalguksu as well. That used to be a signal of, uh, you know, the cheap and cheery. (laughs) Cheap and cheery. I think black bean noodles too. Yeah, like all of the the food items on this list tend to be on the kind of the budget side. Yes. Um, But uh, yeah, not so much anymore, unfortunately. Other popular items uh, such as kimbab and samgyeopsal as well, the ever-favored pork belly also Mm. rose as well. Ready meal kits uh, also (laughs) seen prices in. Increase. I guess that makes sense because if ingredients cost more, your meal exactly kits that is exactly why too. yeah these uh, uh, items and menus have been increasing in mm. price. There's only a few condiments and canned goods that have actually saw a slight decrease in prices. All right, there you have it. Mm. On to our last keyword of the day. Multicultural students. So Korea has been seeing more multicultural students in school. The number was said to have surpassed 160, uh, is it 16,000? last year, yeah. Okay, run us through the details. <laughs> Excuse me, I thought I got one zero I was going to say, is the comma wrong or is there one more zero? 160,000 last year. Yeah, my okay. typing seems to be wrong. But uh, according to government data, uh, that's more than triple actually what we saw in 2012 uh, when there were about 47,000 students from mm-hmm. foreign or multicultural families. Uh, children born to uh, biracial parents, so Korean and uh, a foreign nationality, also tripled over nine years to 131,000. Just under 29,000 children were born from uh, foreign parents, so mm-hmm. both of the parents being of foreign nationality. These children were most uh, common in elementary schools, taking up 4.2% of the total um, elementary school student body. It was 1.1% uh-huh. back in 2012. So it just shows, to, uh, it just goes to show the scape, uh, the the scale of increase. Mm. In high schools, interestingly, multicultural and foreign students made up 1.1% uh, as well. It might not seem that much, but it's actually surpassed the 1% mark for the first mm. time, mm. and it's also five times more the ratio that it mm. was in 2012. Mm. Now, by nationality, Vietnamese was the highest followed by Chinese and Filipino. Mm, I mean, this is of the future, right? You want to yeah. talk about a workforce that needs to remain diversified. I do think mm-hmm. we have to talk more about multicultural families yeah. and people relocating to Korea and mm-hmm. making a living here. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much, Shadan, for today's coverage. It was quite a ride. Mm, it was. <laughs> <laughs> have a safe day. I'll see you tomorrow. You too. See you tomorrow. 
If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.